thank you, thank you for joining us because we know it's an unusual mandate. And as we sat around this week thinking about, okay, it's survival. That's the whole theme. And then we didn't mean it literally, all right? We literally were trying to have some fun. We didn't think we would be worried about whether or not you're going to be here or not. We're thankful that no one got hurt. I know it's inconvenience and I know it's uncomfortable, but can we give it up for all of the linemen out there getting our power back on? Swepco and all of those, AEP, thank you all so much for making it happen. Telling you, man, you gotta have air conditioning. I get it because I am not a survival guy. Although that's our theme this year, I am not really known for this whole idea of surviving. My father is watching online this morning with his wife Cresslin down in Lillian, Alabama. Give him some love right now. Come on, Happy Father's Day, put grandpops. And the reason I say I'm not a survival guy, early on, my dad took us camping. All right, so here is a picture that I've captured of the axe murderer over there. Look at him, son. Got a bad mustache. We were having so much fun, but this was the way we did vacation as a kid. We didn't spend the night in hotels. Anybody grow up like that? Where you at? All right. We slept in the back of the truck, all right, and we literally roughed it, but we had some good memories, and I ran across this picture right here. This is me and my brother. We don't know who this man is, though. I'll be honest with you. I really don't. I asked my brother, I'm like, who is that? He goes, I have no idea. I've asked my family. It's a miracle that we're here, all right, that we didn't survive that guy. But that's proof that somewhere in there, we had a little camping in our background. And I tried to carry that on with my son, Ian. And here is a picture of me and Ian. This is when we went camping with Daniel. Daniel and his son, uh, we went out there, Ty, we were having a good time, Caden. We were going camping. I'm not good at it. I don't know anything about it. Daniel's like, let's do it. Let's have some fun. Obviously, a few years ago, because Ian's hair is a lot shorter. But we were out there having a good time. But then something happened. Much like what we're experiencing right now. You go, well, what happened? Here's the next picture. A storm came through in the middle of the night that literally caused our tents to float, all right? And I'm sitting here thinking, what in the world is happening? And Daniel, wild water is pouring on our head. This is the only picture I could capture because it literally got dark like it got here and rain was pouring in our tent. I'm laying there and I'm miserable and I'm looking at Daniel and going, this is why I don't camp. Can I get an amen out there somewhere? I did survive, we did survive, but I'm the guy that says, give me Marriott Bonvoy, all right? I want to book some, you know, some points. I want to go down and stay in a nice hotel with air conditioning and a pool. But I understand that that's not everybody. So today we're going to have a little fun with it, and we're going to talk about surviving. And I want to introduce you to somebody that knows a lot more about surviving than any one of us in this room. He's one of my favorites. His name is Bear Grylls. Anybody know old Bear? If you don't know who he is, this is a survival expert for sure. Bear, here's your introduction. Watch. I'm Bear Grylls, and I've spent my life showing you how to survive in some of the world's toughest terrains. Together, you and I are going to find our way back to civilization. You decide. You decide. You decide. If I'm deciding, I'm back at Marriott. Can I get an amen again? But this is what makes Baron so good. He is really a survival expert. I ran across this picture. He's having a school where he teaches you how to survive. They had a whole show. Every show that is, you know, he's on, it's something about surviving this or how you get through it. And he takes celebrities. There's all kind of things that he does. But one thing you'll know is when you're watching someone survive like Bear, 
He goes to the level that none of us in here are comfortable with, all right? So what I'm about to show you, if you're squeamish, go ahead and close your eyes. Get an, can I get an amen on that? If you are a man, where's my man in here? Oh, oh, oh. Watch with pride, son, with pride, because this is manhood. Bear, get gross for me. Watch. Oh. Ready for this? Oh, my goodness. This one has been living in there a very, very long time. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to need to eat for a week after this one. Oh. Pound for pound, insects like these contain more protein than beef or fish. They're perfect survival food. Oh, this actually ranks as one of the worst things I've ever, ever eaten. Where are the men at? Come on, men! That is unbelievably disgusting, though, right? I watched it, I, was, I tried to find, you know, in his videos, the worst of the worst, and that ranks number one. And I'm sitting here, if Bear is grossed out, it's rough. I'm telling you, I could not do that. I would just die. You're gonna find me out in the woods, I'm just dead, all right? I have a gag reflex, do y'all know what I'm saying? I'm like, uh-uh, I ain't gonna do it. But what I love is the fun stuff. I don't like gross stuff, but I love the fun stuff. And that is true, me and Bobby and a lot of our friends, we did senior trips for years with students, and we went all over, man, the south, all over the country. Matter of fact, we whitewater rafted. We took them kids whitewater rafting. Here's some pictures where we would just go and have a blast. This is the stuff that I love doing. This is an old picture I actually found of me rappelling on one of the first senior trips. I think Matt Collada's in here. So uh, Josh Stewart, a bunch of us were on this trip. But it was the first time we went over 110 feet off of this cliff. And I had never done it before, but we were trying to get the kids to learn lessons and the importance of, you know, trusting the people around you. It was a ton of fun. And just a couple of weeks ago, the Bossier Fire Department said, hey, Justin, come do it again. I said, man, I will do it in a heartbeat. And uh, Chad Arnett, who grew up in the student ministry as a fireman now, he was like, man, you still got it? And I said, I got it. So we were having a blast because for me, the survival stuff, I, you know, I don't really get it, but I want to have a good time. I want to experience something new and exciting and different. And every time we travel somewhere, we get that opportunity. So many of you, you're comfortable staying at home and in the Marriott's and all that stuff. But I will challenge you with this. The most fun I've ever had in my life are on mission trips. And that is the truth. We have gone to Haiti and Honduras and Africa. And for everybody in here that keeps putting that off, I'm telling you, this is just one reason you should go and have a good time. These are my friends from Audio Adrenaline. This is Will McGinnis. When we got to Haiti and he was like, hey man, I found a waterfall. And I'm like, let's go have some fun. Here's a quick look at how we just jumped in and have some fun. Watch. Come on, y'all. How fun is that, right? That's man stuff. You get out there, you're like, man, there's a big waterfall. Let's jump in. And Will's like, man, let's go. These are the moments that you just really enjoy. It truly is a good time. I also remember when I talk about those senior trips and taking kids around the world, me and Angie, my beautiful wife, we actually had the opportunity to ride a helicopter through the Grand Canyon. Anybody in here done that before? Anybody? The only way I could afford it is because when we took our seniors on that trip, but I can tell you this, it's many, many years ago, 
But there is nothing like getting in a helicopter and going through the Grand Canyon. Now, here's the truth. And me and Bobby laughed about this kind of jokingly later. Is the very next year, the company that we took to ride through the, uh, the Grand Canyon, they crashed a helicopter the next year. So I was like, oh, Lord. You know, you want to have fun, but then you're also trying to be safe. So we didn't do it with any kids after that because we were like, too risky. But... I can tell you, these are the moments when you risk it a little bit. You see things that you never in your wildest dreams thought you'd ever get to be a part of. Another great example of that on this mission trip that we took a bunch of uh, college kids, some college softball players, some college baseball players, we went to Guatemala. And we went down to Guatemala to do some camps and have some fun. But in the middle of that trip, they're like, hey, you want to do something crazy? And I'm like, uh, how crazy? I'm 50 years old. All right. And they're like, all the young people are like, yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. They're like, what are we going to do? They're going, well, we're going to hike a volcano. And then if we're lucky, we might even roast some marshmallows on the lava. I'm like, is that really possible? Well, ask Doug Warner and myself. It's very possible. Watch. What's up, Simple Church? We're here in Guatemala, baby, on a volcano roasting some marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss the next trip, baby. Uno, dos, tres. Peace. Oh, yeah, that's it, Chase, right there. That's money. That's good enough right there, bro. That's called serving you faster right there. Muchos gracias. Look at that right there. Roasting marshmallows on a volcano. Now, did that happen very often? Uh, this is the first of my life. What up, dog? Good morning, man. There ain't many times you can roast a Come on, y'all. You see how beautiful that is? I got to give Robin a shout out because she organized that trip. Give Robin some love, man. You got to have a strong woman behind you and make it happen. And I'm going to tell you what has been great is on these amazing trips, you get views, you see all of this stuff that you never in your wildest dreams thought you'd be a part of. And I had to think about this service today as I was reflecting on all of these great adventures and all of the fun that we've had. And I went right back into fatherhood. And I thought, they really do have a correlation. And you say, well, what is that? Well, fatherhood is a lot like the wilderness. And you go, well, what do you mean? Well, if any dad in here can relate, I think you will get it when I say that the conditions can be unpredictable and sometimes harsh when you're in fatherhood, just like when you're in the wild. Sometimes you're trying to manage your own life and all of a sudden something happens you didn't see coming and you're like, how in the world do I make it through this? It could be a sickness. I saw Will in here and he's walking through with his daughter, all kind of stuff they've gone through and your kid's going through something. You're like, all right, it's unpredictable. I didn't know this was going to happen and how am I going to navigate this? I think about my dad right now and he's in the middle of a battle for his life, struggling, fighting, and all of these different things come to my mind when I think about any and every one of you the examples that are in this room, the stories over the years. So what I thought I'd do today is very quickly give you five tips to help you survive fatherhood. And I learned these from my dad. 
If you want to know what these five tips are, they're going to be easy to remember. I want you to write them down, look at the notes later, share them with your friends. But this applies to everyone in the room. But today I'm speaking specifically to the fathers. And I'm thanking you, Dad, for teaching me and John these principles. Number one, if you're going to survive, this is the thing you got to know. You got to know your environment. And you go, well, what does that mean? Well, I want you to understand that when you're a father, environments change based on age, based on kids, based on stage of life. There's a lot going on. And when I ran across these videos going viral, I thought these dads understand that environments change. And you talk about surviving. I got to give a shout out to these dads for surviving in an environment that I'm not sure I'm comfortable in, but they went for it for their daughters. What am I talking about? How does a dad survive Taylor Swift? Like this. Watch. My favorite part is at the very end, he finally gets out a smile like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pouring down rain, got a poncho on. The one dad was turning around, if y'all don't really get it, he was watching the screen. So everybody's giving him a hard time. The concert was the other direction, but he couldn't see it. So he was turned to his audience, you know, his back to the stage going, I couldn't see the stage. I had to watch the screen. And I thought about all of us in here. Each child that God has blessed you with is different. They are unique. They have different likes, different dislikes. You got to see two of mine on the stage today. My other one's out there working the Duga store. Emma's out there knocking it out for us. And I can tell you that I got a 21-year-old, 20-year-old, a 17-year-old. And in the midst of all of those ages, girls and boys, there's likes and dislikes. Some get stressed by some things. Some aren't stressed at all by them. Some of them have different feelings about this. And some of them don't have any strong feelings about that. And a good dad knows how to read the environment he's in. Because each child is different. Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that each one of us are a masterpiece. Made by God himself. You are a one of a kind. So if you're a kid in this room today and you have made it, I want to tell you. If no one else has reminded you, you are super special. Because your heavenly father made you unlike anybody else. In a world where we're trying to copy this person and look like that person and dress like that person and act like that person. I am telling you, you are uniquely made. And you don't have to be like anybody else. God has his thumbprint on you. You are truly a masterpiece. And I can say it looking at my kids. I found this old picture of them when we went to a water park. And you see that Hannah is choking Emma right there, all right? That's because she's firstborn. She's like, look at the camera, right? Because Hannah wanted everything to be in control. She wanted everybody to do what they're supposed to do. And she would boss all of them around. You would have these different personality traits and different things. And this is what I love about her now. So if you put her working with Todd, for example, he's, she's over at Monjuni's, she's going to do it. She's going to work hard. You got Ian over here. Got a great attitude, man. Always looking for a good time. Shirt off, party on. Can I get an amen? You better be lucky he didn't take his shirt off on this stage. That's all I'm going to tell you. I picked with him when he caught up here. I said, Ian, if you're a real man on man day, you will go shirtless on that stage today. He's like, that. I'm not a real man. All right. I was just trying to jack with him. I said, I'm going to. He said, Dad, please do not take that shirt off, all right? 
It's going to go gross to a whole nother level. Bear grills and that thing ain't nothing compared to that. But each and every one of them, seriously, love my kids. All got unique characteristics and qualities. Some like this kind of music, some like that kind of music. Some really, really good at math, some not so good at math. Can I get an amen out there? Some can really know how to have a good time. Some of them go, hey, man, I'm good with sitting in my room. I want to be a little bit more quiet. And here's the lesson that I have learned, and I want you to learn, and my dad taught, because me and my brother, different, both unique, both special. You know what I'm saying? We're both unique and special. And what my dad taught us and what we're going to try to teach you and I'm trying to live out is don't treat your kids the same. See, we have the tendency to go, well, I'm just trying to be fair. Everybody's going to do it. The truth is, is that's not really true. Each one of them are going to be different. They're, one's going to like one thing, one's going to like something else. And so you can't always make it exactly fair. You're trying to make each one unique and special and know how special they are. Reminding them every chance you get that God created you special. There is no one like you. And it's okay to be a little bit different. You don't have to be like your brother. You don't have to be like your sister. You don't have to be like mom or dad. You can be you. And you don't have to be like anybody else. So then what I have to do is I have to ask myself, what can I do to help make them feel special? For some, it's a hug. And you may be surprised. That's Ian. When my son comes in, man, he wants to hug. He'll come in and, man, he'll just, man, dad, let me just hug you. For others, it's a text. Uh, if you need to know that you're loved, sometimes Emma would, be going, Emma would be going through school and I'd just send her a text. Hey, dad's praying for you. I love you. You're going to get through that test. Hang in there. The other night when the storm was coming through, Hannah had gone to see a concert with one of her friends and she was driving back from Dallas at like one in the morning when all that stuff was coming through. And I stayed on the phone with her literally from like one in the morning until she got home because she was like, dad, I am super anxious about this storm. It is tripping me out right now. And I was like, well, let's just talk on the phone. Let me just help you through, get through. Some of them, they want to go to a movie. I'm going to tell you right now, if we want to have some fun, we're like, hey, man, this is coming out. By the way, I saw The Flash, incredible movie. And why do we do that? Because our family loves movies. So the other night, my Ian come back because he had to work, and he's like, you went to Flash without me? I'm bitter. You know, and I'm like, we'll make it up. We'll go do something that's special for you. Could be a concert. We took him to see Night Ranger back in the day, son, because I'm old school like that. Made them break in, right, on the good stuff. And every one of them was like, man, this is special. It's unique. But you have to find what excites each and every one of them. But if I'm going to give you the advice that I am not good at, that I am working on, because when I get on the stage, it's always weird for me because you think I got it together, and most of you, if you know me, you know I don't. And I'm preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you. And this is one for all of us in the room, moms or dads. But especially for dads, because we're not great at this. Are you ready? James 1.19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and should not get angry easily. So if I'm talking to you, this is one that I am not great at. Most men, we're just not really good at this. We're kind of trying to solve problems. We're trying to fix this. And you need to do this, and that needs to go on, and what's going to go on. And then we don't listen enough. Then we speak too many times and maybe too often, but then this is the part that can get all of us. When things don't go right, the room's not clean, they didn't do it right, then you can get angry. And the scripture's so clear, it's like, hey, listen, all of us, slow down. The only thing I want you to be quick to do is just listen. And how do we do this? And this is a good advice that I think will apply to all of us. Be aware of what is going on in each family member's life. Dad, take time to listen. 
So I know when they got to go to work, I know when they're stressed out, I know when there's a big test, and I try to send the text, make a phone call, do what I can to say, hey, I heard you. I'm praying for you. I love you. If it's fix my car, if it's let's go out to this movie, hey, it's already booked. We got it done. We're going to go. And all of those things, I hope, will relate to them that they're special, that they are loved. Where did I learn it from? My dad. A couple of years ago, it's been more than a few years ago, my brother and my dad, they love NASCAR racing and all those kind of things. And I'm not really a NASCAR guy. I'm not a racing guy. But what I love about my dad is he listened. There was a SEMA show, which is a big car show out in Las Vegas. And I told my brother, they were going, and I said, hey, I think I'd like to go. And my dad was like, you really want to go to a car show? And I'm like, shocker, but yes. And I'm so thankful that he listened and allowed me to go and paid for things and gave us the opportunity to go spend time together to do that. But while we were on that trip, he also listened because I related to him. I was like, man, I don't like missing out on some of the stuff y'all are doing. And I want to have some special memories. My dad came back and he was like, well, why you love football, right, Justin? I'm like, yeah, my dad knows nothing about sports. He would always take me to play or to practice or whatever because I played baseball coming up and loved football coming up but he didn't know much about it but what I loved was when I was talking to my dad and telling him as a grown adult he planned a trip for us to go to the Carolina football game he lived in Carolina at the time and he was like hey let's go let's do a special trip just for you and why do I tell you that you got to know your environment for my brother, it's cars. For me, it's football. But what you're going to do is I'm going to express love in a way that you can grab a hold of because I know it's special. I'm going to give you one other tip. If anybody is in this room and you are on the iPhone, can I hear you? Where are my iPhone people at? Come on. Okay. I don't know if it applies on uh, Android or not. I'm sure they have something similar. But let me tell you one thing that helped our family tremendously when it came to knowing your environment. You ready for this? It is shared calendars. Now, you're saying, well, what does this mean? Well, this is one way you know your environment. You know when someone has football practice, baseball practice, a test coming up. If everyone updates their calendar on their phone, then in a glance, you can look and see, oh, this is coming up. I need to be this, including Chip is the one that organized the Flash movie the other night. Went with his whole family, his mom and his dad and all of us. We just love going to movies. Well, Chip told us, but I, I had forgotten because I didn't put it into my calendar. I was down there painting my dad's house, and he was like, hey, if y'all get back, let's all go do this as family and friends. Of course, Emma went with us. We had a good time. Hannah was going to a concert, and he was working. But what I learned was if you put it in there, then maybe everyone has a chance to go, hey, I'm going to see if I can take off, or I don't want to miss that moment. And if you know your environment and you share your calendars, it is a great tip to avoid some of the confusion, and you don't miss those special moments. Can I get an amen on that? Number two, my dad taught me. Not just knowing your environment, but keep your sense of humor. If there's one thing that I would challenge you with, and I think I do pretty good at on this part, is you got to be able to laugh. Being a dad is stressful, but so is being a son. And you go, well, what do you mean by that? Well, many of you know I was gone last week, which Evan did a great job. Again, I'm super grateful for his taking the, you know, the mantle of carrying on and teaching you some great stuff on that. Uh, on technology and it was incredible if you missed that message you need to go back and watch it because it really was awesome but here's the thing when we went down to Lillian to take care of my dad he wanted me to paint the house so Scott went with me when I talk about keeping your sense of humor we went down there and both of us worked on the house 
Spent a lot of time. I'll kind of roll through the pictures real quick. So Scott was a huge help. By the way, it's his 40th birthday. Give him a little love today, right now. Happy birthday, big Scott. So we're down there painting the house. We're getting all this stuff going on. And in the midst of it, my dad, I tell him, Dad, you come over here and sit in this chair and watch us. Because this is one of the things he wanted. Cresslin was hoping the house would get painted. My dad wants his wife to be happy. He wants it to be right. He's like, hey. And I said, Dad, sit in this chair right here. He said, no problem. You got to remember, because of the brain term, he's not able to communicate clearly. He, he stumbles through some of his words. Uh, he doesn't always uh, speak clearly. So we have to be clear with him. I'm like, Dad, just stay in this chair. Me and Scott are going to keep painting on this side. He's, you know, he's like, okay. Well, my dad doesn't always listen because men don't listen. Can I get an amen, women? So we're around the corner. Cresslin, I told her, you go do your girl stuff. She's going to get her hair done. His wife leaves. I'm like, I got my dad. I'm a 53-year-old man, baby. I got this. So we're down there, and I put my dad in the chair. We're working. Cresslin comes back, okay? She pulls in the driveway, and she's like, oh, the house is looking great. She's well, where's JD? She calls him JD. I was like, oh, he's in that chair right there. And then she looks, and she goes, he's not in that chair. Fear went through my entire body, all right? Because you got to know my dad. He's hard-headed. Can I get an amen from the women once again, all right? So I'm like, what do you mean he's not in that chair? I look at Scott. I'm, I want to blame Scott because everybody blames Scott. Can I get an amen, all right? So I'm like, Scott, where'd he go? He goes, man, I think he went in the house. So makes sense. He may have gotten up because while we were working, you know, he goes in the house. So she goes in the house, and I kind of start, dad, dad, I'm walking around the house. Dad, dad. He's not anywhere to be found. I'm like, man, now I'm really getting worried because now I had one job to do, and that was protect my dad. All right, I don't even know where he is. And Crestle's beginning to panic. I can hear it in her voice. Okay, where is he? Where is he? I'm like, he's not in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm like, and Scott, we're lo everybody's looking around. I cannot find him. She cannot find him. Scott cannot find him. He don't have that big a piece of property. So I'm like, where is he? So I finally run because he's gone to the very back of his property with the tape measure. Don't ask me why, all right? He is back there trying to measure his property with a tape measure, all right? So I'm back there, and apparently in the process of that, trips and falls, and is upside down. When I come around the corner, I see his two feet. And I'm thinking, he died on my watch. I got one job, and there he is. He's dead on my watch. So I'm running over there, Dad, Dad. I finally get close enough, and all I can hear, no lie, is him saying this. You got to listen. Shh. Help. I was like, what? Help. I'm like, Dad, are you serious right now? And when I get to him, he's smiling. <laughs> Covered in blood, stickers. He got tripped up in all this thicket in the back of his yard. He can barely walk because of the brain term. He doesn't have his mobility. He can't really speak. He can't holler. He can't scream. And he is piled up in the backyard. So I get back. This is my face, by the way, all right? Because I said, Scott, take a picture. Because he is cut up. His elbow is cut up. And the whole time, I am taking him back to this chair. And Crestle's like, you found him. He's all right. And I'm like, Crestle, I'm so sorry. I thought I had my eye on him. I don't know what he's doing. He's out there trying to do whatever. My dad's just laughing. <laughs> hip, hip. And I'm like, Dad, you're lucky me and Crestle didn't kill you, all right? Because 
Scott had to run to the store, get medical supplies, because literally he tore himself up. And what you're probably wondering is, were you able to finish the house? Yes. Thank God we were able to finish the house. There's the finished product. Give my dad, Scott, some love right there. Crestland, we made it happen. Why do I tell you that story? Because I was mad. It's funny now. It's a good illustration. I was aggravated. I was scared. But when I got to my dad, I'm not kidding with you. He just had a laugh. And he was like, we're all right. Don't blow it out of proportion now. Have a sense of humor because here's the thing. Each and every one of us are going to go through hard times when you walk back out there. Your power's out. You're aggravated. You're frustrated. Dads, listen to me. Your kids are watching how you act. Your kids are watching what you say and what you do. And what I'm learning is when life is tough, you better find ways to laugh. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's going to be tough. It might be the brain tumor that comes in. It might be that you fall in the backyard. It might be your power goes out. It might be that there's a flat tire. There might be, you could go through all, it could be a kid that's going through some health scares and you're going, what am I going to do? My dad taught me is, listen, you better have a sense of humor and you better understand that going negative and being ugly ain't never going to work. The best thing you can do is look for the positive and find some way to laugh. Now to try to help you, because it's been a rough week. Most of us in Shreveport, Bossier, for all those watching online, I'm telling you, most of these people that are here, it's a miracle because we only went to one service because most people don't have power. All these people are out of their homes or sleeping in other people's houses. All these things going on. So I'm going to try to give you some ways to laugh this morning. Is that all right with you? Can I get an amen? Here's the first one. If you want to talk about a great dad who is surviving, this is only like 20 seconds and it is off of TikTok. But when I saw this, I was like, this dad gets it. He knows how to survive kids and have a good time and laugh while he's doing it. Watch. Come on, y'all. How awesome is that? I wish I'd have thought of that. You got baseball practice? That's pretty good, man. Practice your fishing while you're doing it. Here's some other things my dad taught me. You want to have a good time? You need a cup holder in your car? There it is. Duct tape, son. That's all you need. That's man stuff. You go to the toilet, toilet seat's cold, put socks on it. <laughs> Just trying to help you out. And this is for my dad specifically, all right? You need to trim your bushes, get your mower, son. Get a crane, make it happen. Why do I show you those pictures? Why are we having a good time with that? Because trust me, a joyful heart is good medicine. My dad, they're trying to figure out medicine. They're trying to figure out what to do and steroids and what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you something, though. The reason I love my dad so much, and I know Cresslin agrees with this because she's the one taking it for the team right now, I promise you, is thank God my dad has a good heart. Thank God he's got joy in his heart because it really is a medicine that you cannot prescribe any other way. Proverbs 17.22 says it this way, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It's a slow death to be gloomy all the time. I learned this from my dad, and I want to teach it to my kids. It is one thing to to walk around and try to just get through life and be grouchy and grumpy, but I'm telling you, being cheerful keeps you healthy. This is scripture that's coming true, and I can see it in my dad's life. And I want you to know, dad's in this room. Your kids are learning from you. 
And I, right now, me and my brother John want to thank our dad for teaching us this valuable lesson. Can you give him one more round of applause? Dad, thanks for having a great attitude. <laughs> teaching us to laugh. Number three, my dad taught me this as well. You got to stay positive. There will be times in your life when you're trying to laugh through it that you want to go negative. And there's moments my dad's negative. There's been times when he would want to get there. But what he would try to do was pull it back around and teach us that, hey, you got to stay positive. You're going to face challenges, difficulties. And when they come, it is going to be difficult to stay positive. But here is the lesson that I want you to understand that you're teaching your kids. And we're teaching really the world. When you stay positive, no matter who wins the election, no matter whether you have power or not, no matter whether your food comes on time, whatever the circumstance is, no matter if you get a diagnosis, you're walking through a job loss, when you stay positive, you're saying, God, I trust you. See, this is the thing that we often forget. When you look around everybody and they're negative and they're gra- it's like, do you realize we have a God or not? I mean, is it just based on whether what happens on this planet? And if it all goes our way, then that's when we're going to be good. Because if you read the New Testament and you read the scriptures, it doesn't go their way. And this is why they write things like this found in Colossians 3. Set your hearts on things above. So when it's not looking right on the planet and it's not looking right in your life where you see right now, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. But this is the part that I really love. Set your minds on things above. So it's like, God, I'm going to set my heart on you and where you are. And I'm going to get my mind set on you. And here's what I thought. It really is a mindset. When you're trying to stay positive, this is the reminder for all of us that God is with us. Because he is on the throne. Set our mind, our heart on where Christ is. And I know something. Yeah, Justin, but the reality is blah, 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 blah. I hear you. Especially when you're like my dad. Just a few short weeks ago, everything is great, man. We're just living life, no worries, just enjoying life. He looked at me when the diagnosis came in that he had a brain tumor. And he said, Justin, I thought I was going to be 93. I thought I lived to 93. When the doctors are going, we know what we're going to do. We're trying to figure it out. And I mean, it's overwhelming for Cressland. It's overwhelming for my brother. It's overwhelming for me. It's overwhelming for him. And what we kept trying to do and what we're still trying to do now, and I'm challenging you, no matter what difficulty you're going through, no matter what challenge that you are going through, here is what you got to know. Romans 8, 28. And we know, it's not like, well, maybe, uh, it, it could happen, that in all things, diagnosis, no power, job loss, sickness, disease, God works for the good, that he is doing something in the midst of whatever you're going through, of those who love him. My dad loves him. Cresselin loves him. We love him. So I know that God is at work in there, and I can't make sense of it, and I don't really understand, but I trust you, God. And I love how it ends, and I went to verse 31 because it said, and if God is for us, who can be against us? So when you're trying to get your mind right, Why would you get worried about what this person did, what this company did, what this doctor said, or what's going on? When your truth is, you're going, God, I trust you. Because I know that in all things, you're going to be working for the good because you know I love you. And if you're for us, who can be against us? That's why I love the first song. 
You talk about Jericho, man, it doesn't make sense. The walls are up. How are we going to do it? He's like, no, there's an enemy in front of me. The walls are going to come down. Oh, there's a giant. This is David. Oh, there's a giant. But don't worry. I'm trusting in the Lord. He don't know it yet, but he's going to fall today. Because it's not based on our ability or how good you are, or how strong you are. It is really based on the fact that our God is working for the good in your life. He's working for the good in my life. He's working for the good in my dad's life. And you're going to have plenty of chances in life to be negative. You know this and I know this. But remember this point. Are you ready? Staying positive is a choice. So dad, teach your kids. When it don't go well in school, when it doesn't look like it's working out on career and you don't know what's going to happen in this or a breakup happens or this going on, you better be teaching your kids, hey, here we got an opportunity here. Let's stay positive. Let's find a way to trust God in the middle of it. And I know I hear you guys because you're cynical. Men are like, oh, yeah, I hear you. But this is how you survive. And this is how you thrive in fatherhood and in life, period. Ephesians 4 says it like this. You've been taught, right? You were taught to have a new attitude. I got a new attitude. Sorry, I can't help it. Why? How? Because the generation before taught them to have a new attitude. You were also taught to become a new person. Who's teaching them? Y'all, they didn't have Sunday school teachers. They had families. They had parents. So when you're going, yeah, but I'm just going to drop in church, even like today. Well, man, we didn't have anything for kids today. I'm glad you're in the room, kids. Kids, any kids in the room, let me hear you. Where are you at? Come on, let me hear you. I'm glad you're here. Because your parents are learning. They're trying to teach you. We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But what we want to do, we want to teach you how to have a good attitude, a new attitude. We want to teach you how to become a new person. And how do you do that? By leaning on Christ to get to that positive attitude. No matter what circumstances look like, no matter what the world says, I'm trusting you, Jesus. Now, to boost you up and give you a little positive motivation, for everyone that has watched Ted Lasso, can I get an amen out there? Come on, where are you at? You're the Jesse James of your own life. You're robbing from yourself if you've not seen it. And you go, well, why? Why, Justin? Because everybody's telling us over and over again. And we didn't watch all the time, and now we're trying to start watching. And when we get into this, there's one really strong point that TV show tries to make. And that is, be positive. Need some proof? Ted, Take it away. Watch. Did you set out and say, I want a character that's all about positivity and kindness and can transform people, bring out the best in people? To play the character was intentional. To play someone that was kind-hearted, that didn't swear, be like Teflon towards people's negativity or, or, or sarcasm, 100% intentional. Kindness and positivity yeah. can be transformative. Yeah, and so can the opposite. But, I mean, if you had to choose one at, this, at that point of writing it and wanting to play it, I'd much rather try to view the world, you know, as Ted Lasso. Do you believe in ghosts, Ted? Mm, I do. But more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. Hey, but taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse, isn't it? If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. I, I feel like we fell out of the lucky tree, hit every branch on the way down, ended up in a pool full of cash and Sour Patch Kids. Passion's all about confidence. You know, if I didn't have any confidence, I never would have worn pajamas to my prom and ended up in jail the rest of that night. But you don't want to hear that story, so I ain't gonna tell it. Go strut. Let's suit do the work. And when it comes to locker rooms, 
I like them just like my mother's bathing suits. I only want to see them in one piece, you hear? I just came up with that. I feel pretty good about it. Come on, y'all. Ted Lasso, a little funny. I'm almost done. Hang in there. I know right now you're going, we got to go to luck. Man, come on, hang on. You ain't got nowhere to go. You ain't got no power. Hang out. <laughs> number four, be positive. And number four, be flexible. That's exactly right. Be flexible. Life is unpredictable. We know that now this week, don't we? So you, bust, you must be able to adapt. There are a lot of different phases, seasons of life, but each one requires flexibility. When you have that newborn baby, you have to adapt to no sleep. Any young parents, you get that. Remember, though, it is just a season. When you have preschoolers, it's potty training, so let me go ahead and help you. Your best friend are M&Ms. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> Elementary age, you got to understand how to ne negotiate the car line. Can I get an amen on that? You're like, oh, my gosh. Middle school, hormones, no pictures necessary. All right, moving on. High school, you get the license. They finally get freedom. They can drive. College, your kids are broke, and so are you. And then young adults, you're like, get out, get out, right? But don't get confused and don't get so focused on what's wrong that you miss what is right. When you're in the midst of all these phases, we're rushing to get out of them. And the next thing you know, you look back and you go, man, where'd that moment go? You start going back to, it's like you don't even understand that this is the moment. When Emma went to prom just a couple of weeks ago and you see your beautiful daughter and you're like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? When you drop in on your son at work and he's down there at Bojack's and him and John are out there teaching and music and having fun, I'm like going, wow, this is the moment. This is it. We surprised Hannah at Mangino as we drove through the drive-thru and this was her face like, dad, what are you doing here? Uh, just looking for some lasagna, you know. <laughs> I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Have you? Have I? Whatever phase you're in, don't you rush through it. It's going to be gone like that. And there is a good in every season. There is good moments in every season. And the good old days are now. They're not back in the past. The good old days are happening right now. And it might not be the way you planned it, but trust God in the midst. People can plan what they want to, but it is the Lord who guides their steps. I'm teaching our kids this. I sent it to one of my daughters this week. Because she's like, well, what about this and what about that? I'm like, listen, we all make our plans, but remember, draw them back to what God says. God is in control, and he is leading and guiding, and he loves you. Trust him. And number five, last one, don't ever stop. Don't ever stop pushing. And you go, what do you mean? Well, survival experts will tell you this. If you're going to survive, you can never quit. When you get in a situation where you feel like it's over, this is it. They tell you, you just have to keep pushing. Being a parent, sometimes you want to quit. Being a dad, you're like, I don't know if I can do this. But never stop caring for needs. Never stop nurturing the hearts. Never stop loving on your kids. And most importantly, never stop communicating. The truth is, dad, you're not great at this. Most men aren't. And I have proof of this. You may have seen this out there on the old internet, you know, socials. But this is not the kind of communication I'm talking about. When I tell you to never stop communicating, Southern dads, stop talking like this. Have a laugh. Watch. Did you eat my last moon pie? I'm asking you a question. Listen to me. Did you eat my last moon pie I had in there? Don't lie, son. Do not lie. 
Okay, you did. Let me tell you something, son. I don't touch none of your little snacks that you bring. Don't touch none of mine. What's going on when, in, in math? You got, you got a C in math. Hey, do I need to go to the school? You drinking these? I told you not to drink those. Your heart's gonna explode. Okay, okay, big shot. You drink those and you get sick, I ain't bringing you to the doctor. Clean this room up. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Piece of junk. I can't get it started. Son, you messed up my weed eater, huh? Son, you broke my weed eater. I, I know you did. I heard y'all so quiet in there. I was like, I don't know if y'all get it or not, but that has been my life. I don't know if you're that way, but Southern dads, that's just the way they are. Well, you're not known for communication. Don't communicate like that. Find the way that really works for your kid. And I'm going to give you five phrases that every one of them need to hear, and then we're going to close. Number one, tell them, I believe in you. Number two, tell them you can count on me. Number three, tell them that you're proud of them. Number four, Admit that when you're wrong, I'm sorry, I'm asking you to forgive me. And if I'm going to give you the fifth one, it's the one thing that you're not good at, men. I love you. Now, why do I say that? Because my dad, I know he loves me. And he can get it out every once in a while, even when he didn't have the brain tumor. But it wasn't always easy to flow. And from that generation, that's kind of been the way it is. The older generation may struggle with that. But I'm telling you, as the younger generation... Don't just say, well, you know I do. I don't have to tell you. No, make sure that you tell them. Make sure that every day, every opportunity you have, that you tell them. And why do I say that? Because I hang on to it with my dad now. And he said, well, I love you, son. Say it now while you can. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm going to close, and I got one video, and then I'm going to close with a song. So I don't want you to get up and disrupt really what's about to happen. And uh, it's kind of heavy. But I want to be able to teach you through this. Obviously, it's a little self-serving because my dad's watching online. And we don't know how many Father's Days we have with him. This could be one of his last. And we're leaving that up to God. We don't know, what the, you know what's going to happen. But we, we're smart enough to know that these moments, when you have them, even through technology, you can say, Dad, I love you. I'm thankful for what you've taught me. Thank you for investing in me and John and giving all the things you've given to us. There's no way, really, to put all that in words. But I had to go back into the archives to find somebody who did the same thing that I really can relate to. And it's our boy Steve Hartman. Because he also struggled with the loss of his dad in the battle. But in that journey, what you'll see are many of the things I talked about today. Flexibility, staying positive, sense of humor. Making sure that you communicate. And even though their communication may be awkward and different at times, we still had that responsibility to learn from that generation. And Dad, I'm super grateful for you. Cresslin, I'm grateful for the way you're taking care of them in this time. Me and my brother could never repay you for what you're doing. But I want all of you to know in here, watch the video, listen to the lyrics of the song that we're about to sing, because maybe it will teach you something. Maybe it will remind you of something that needs to be done in your life. Watch. His was the only story I was literally born to tell.
The story of an auto worker dad who raised three children in total anonymity. Until one day, his youngest son, that would be me, put a TV control room in his garage and rigged the house with cameras just to see what the retiree did all day. Which wasn't much. And yet, to my surprise, that story resonated with viewers. Not because he was my dad, but because he was every dad of that generation. He lived to be 92 and never once answered a cell phone successfully. Hello. He had Starbucks one time. I want a tall macchiato. A caramel macchiato. What a ripoff. With an extra shot of cheapskate. You don't have to finish it if you don't want to. Well, I'm not going to throw it away for $3.35. <laughs> My dad never got over the Great Depression. Good gosh. Even when staring into splendor, he could still spot a way to save money. I see a dime and I see some pennies. I see a couple of quarters. There's a good buck yeah. fifty out there, Dad. Well, it wouldn't be that hard to get it. Dad, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and yet, he never skimped on conversation. That dog real? He'd talk to anyone. How much was gas in 1955? Often about the history of gas prices. You hear that? What's that? Ten cents a gallon in Kansas at a gas war. Really? That's interesting. My dad was an accidental humorist. Slow it down. He rarely meant to be funny. Ouch. But he was deliberate with his love. Say a prayer. By far, the most selfless man I knew. So try to think of one thing you ever bought for yourself. Well, I can't think of anything offhand. I can't either. The last story I did with my dad was when we had to move him out of his house in Toledo. He had to decide what was worth saving. And in the end, it all came down to faith. Rosary? Yeah. And family. I love you, Dad. Happy Valentine's Day. You want to throw that away? No. <laughs> a great parent does a lot more than make you wash behind your ears. A great parent is a miracle worker who can mold a helpless blob like this one into a child who feels invincible. And although losing such a parent can feel like kryptonite, remembering them in all their glory can make your heart fly.
you, Dad. I love you. Thanks for teaching us to communicate. Father, I thank you for my dad. I thank you for all of the people who watched online today, for the people that are in this room. I thank you for our dads. We thank you that you are the great Heavenly Father that teaches us so well. Help us, God, to say what needs to be said, to do what needs to be done while we still have time. I thank you that they give us time today. God, encourage them. Encourage them, God, that you're with them. You're going to give them the strength they need as they walk out of here, God, to love on their dads, to spend the time with their families that you call us to. Help them, Father, to remember how much you love us, how much you care for us. In Jesus' name.